edition of Get Real with Coach Dave Taylor. I'm your host, Dave Taylor, on this beautiful Friday morning. What is it? The ninth day of March. Yes, March Madness right around the corner. Went to Brooklyn last night to uh, watch the ACC quarterfinals. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, This is the time for March Madness, so uh, Sunday will be a great day to see who's in, who's out. I'll give you my thoughts on the NCAA tournament. There's not a lot else going on in the world of sports, so we'll just talk about a couple topics, maybe one uh, where I just received an email asking me for some advice. So uh, we'll touch base on that, but I'm broadcasting to you live from my Connecticut studio with my assistants here, as always, they might make some noise. You might hear them in the background, but they uh, they are here to help and assist. If you have any questions, emails, comments, you can always email me at CoachDaveTaylor at Yahoo.com. I appreciate the comments I get, and uh, it's been a pleasure kind of kicking things back off again. We'll try to uh, not go the uh, full allotted 60 minutes a lot of the times unless the topic is really a big one or is a big sporting event where it uh, drags out. I never have a specified time that I like to go. I just ramble on. When I'm done, I hit stop. So uh, that's kind of the way the system is here. There's, again, like I said, I look at the world of sports and try to apply it to life. And uh, we we let people know our thoughts whenever it comes to youth sports and parenting and, you know, what parents need to know and kids need to know in order to get to the next level if that is something they desire. And uh, my whole life has been, you know, involved in sports since, you know, I can remember since my earliest memories, I've always been involved in sports. So I consider myself a lucky man. And, and, you know, I talked about that a little bit recently where, you know, I get this question a lot where, you know, I do some uh, motivational speaking, you know, I'll travel around the world doing some speeches. And, you know, one question I get, you know, it's, it's, it's a great question and it's a random one. But, you know, during my speeches, I'll talk about, you know, my uh, my beliefs, my thoughts. And sometimes I'll get the question of, you know, what do you define success to be? What is your definition of success? And for me, it's real simple. You know, a lot of people would say monetary value, family, you know, all the uh, politically correct things you're supposed to say. For me, you know, success is simple. It is are you doing what you love to do for a living? Are you doing what you love and loving what you do? It, it, it's real simple. It's not about money. It's not about anything else. It's do you wake up every day and you can't wait to get to work? You know, is your life on a day-to-day basis about your passion? And I think those two things are kind of connected, and I'll get into that a little bit as as the day goes on. That will be the topic of discussion. You know, getting into the world of sports first, we'll get that out of the way. You know, we have the NCAA tournament. And I I have, you know, I've been involved in in watching the tournament for a long time. And I think there's some flaws to it. I I wish, you know, with all these conference tournaments, I think Middle Tennessee was a team that got knocked out last night. And they are looking to most likely receive an at-large bid. What that did was it hurt anyone else that had the potential to get in that large bid because the best team in that tournament got knocked out. And I I find that to be a shame, especially in the lower level tournaments where 
a lot of these teams that have done a great job throughout the course of the season and, and became the best team in the tournament or in the best team in their league, they end up getting knocked out, you know, early in the tournament, maybe right before the finals, maybe in the finals. And that ends up really damaging their opportunity to get to the next level. And I think that's a real shame and, and that's a disservice and it devalues what's going on in the regular season. And I think that's that's something that I think needs to be addressed. I think it was in Southern Miss beat them in overtime. Uh, Middle Tennessee was 16 and two in conference. Southern Miss was seven and 11. You know, I get, I think it's in Conference USA. I get that it's great that some of these teams that did not perform well during the season get an opportunity to, to still make the tournament by pulling off some upsets. Middle Tennessee went 24-7, 16-2 in, in conference, and they lose in the quarterfinals. It's not, it's not a big-time conference. Marshall, University of Texas, San Antonio. I mean, it's not a phenomenal tournament or, or conference. Old Dominion, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky, UAB, North Texas, UTEP. So you've got a nine seed that beats the one seed. So now that opens up a slot. But what I want to consider is, you know, I think you should reward teams for regular season success. And what I would do, and I think it's done in a couple conferences, but not to the extent I would do it. I would make it real simple. Let's value. We have to value the regular season title. So if you win the regular season title like Middle Tennessee did, I would then put them immediately in the finals. Everyone else plays to get to the final. And then the final should be hosted at your gym. That would that would guarantee better attendance, better money, better revenue. And it really would reward those teams that don't have that opportunity to really get a reward. I mean, you win your conference tournament, who cares? I mean, not your tournament, but you win your conference title. You, you're the best team in the regular season. You go 16-2, and two, who cares? In most of these conferences, I think Middle Tennessee is the exception. But in most of these conferences, it, it doesn't matter. You have to win your tournament. If I was coaching at a, a Sacred Heart or a Quinnipiac or one of these lower-level D1s, I would care less about the regular season title. Who cares? I want to finish where I'm going to have a great matchup against a team that I know we match up well against. It doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. It matters what you do in the postseason. You can really resolve that by saying, okay, if you win the regular season title, you get home court and you advance immediately to the championship game. Now you're now that rewards your team for, for performing well over the duration of the league. And I think that's the right thing to do. And you play the game at home. Now I'm not talking about, the major conferences even. I don't think in the Power Five that you need to do that because there's so many teams that get in. And it's such a spectacle. It's so big. You play the games in Brooklyn. You play the games in Madison Square Garden or wherever you're going. It, it's, it's a big spectacle. It's a big fan attraction. And, you know, in the ACC, you're going to have seven, eight, nine teams make it. I'm talking about the lower-level D1s. You win, you know, you're in the 
Patriot League, West Coast Conference, you win your league champion, you win your league regular season title, you get a home game and you advance immediately to the championship game. Now, if you lose that game, you have nothing to say. Because it's a home game, you've had the rest. You, you, if you lose that game, then you don't deserve to go to the national championship or to the NCAA tournament. But to just get them and, and they just get, you know, thrown in there like everyone else, I, I just think it's a disservice to those teams. I would seriously, as a head coach in one of those lower-level Division One programs, not be concerned with winning the regular season title at all unless I received a lot of buys. Now, in the major conferences, that's what happens at the ACC. You know, you get – you know, you don't play the first two rounds. So that's an advantage. But in some of these lower levels, they got to do the same. I went to Brooklyn last night. I got to see four great games. The wife and I went and checked it out. And, you know, I love watching games live. I love seeing the flow of the game. I love hearing the bands. I love the atmosphere. I love watching the plays develop offensively and defensively and traps and watching the benches and the coaches and hearing the idiotic fans in the stands that are all experts. And, man, we had this we had this one woman behind us who was a – Virginia fan, oh, my Lord, was it annoying. And I guess, you know, Virginia's called the Wazoos. I don't really know why. I don't really care to know why. I'm not going to research it. But, but all game long, let's go Zoos. Let's go Zoos. And there's like a, like three other people saying the same thing. For Wazoos, I guess, let's go Zoos. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And it was loud and annoying. But, man, they were into it, so I'll give them credit for that. They were They were passionate, which will be the topic of discussion today. But they were passionate. But when you watch, you know, you go to these games, you get to see the, you get to feel the, and it really wasn't that much intensity there was, but not like you would get if you were at a home game. And again, I, I wish they would find a better venue, you know, play the games in a central location where you can get more of a fan base to attend. I mean, we were there last night. Boston College played uh, Clemson. There's nobody there. They're not basketball powers. They're not really known for basketball. They're not going to travel all that way. Nobody anticipated Boston College to be there. By the way, I think they're a very good team. I, I hope they all return. But it, it was dead. You know, they, you know, you get Duke. They travel well. Carolina travels well. Virginia traveled okay. But it just it'd be better suited if you just played these these tournaments in better venues. The Big Ten was in Madison Square Garden, really. In the Midwest, you're going to go all the way to Madison Square Garden to watch games. It just doesn't make sense. I know it's about money, but I don't see the difference in the money. I'm assuming that maybe it's Madison Square Garden that made a bid for it. I don't know. You would get more attendance, more money in a more centralized location. Play the championships in the Midwest. Play them at, you know, in Indiana. Michigan. Play them somewhere there. I don't know. It it just a lot of things the NCAA does doesn't make sense to me. But it's just a great. It was great. It was great energy. Being in the building, it was fun. Listening to the people talk, it's just great. And I know the NCAA has its flaws, and the NCAA obviously has a lot of issues coming up that we'll address down the road. We've already touched on it, but. If you're really a true basketball fan and you watch college basketball, then you watch the NBA. The NBA is just a bore fest. The NBA is just literally a bore fest. It's the best of seven. Who cares? 
Who cares about game one, two, and three? It really doesn't matter. You'll watch to see the uh, the Warriors play whoever. Warriors will play Oklahoma City in the first round. Who whoever wins the first game, who cares? You got a lot of games going on. You got to win four. It, it's just a it's just a disaster. I don't think the I, I mean I think there'll be some decent matchups, but who cares? Who cares about the four and five seeds? Seriously. You know you're going to get beat by the by the Warriors. Who cares if New Orleans plays San Antonio? Portland's going to play Minnesota. Who cares? Rockets, Clippers, blowout. Warriors, Oklahoma City would be the only thing I'd like to watch. But, I mean, who cares? In the East. Toronto's going to play Milwaukee, Boston, Miami. I mean, they might be good, but it doesn't matter. The games, the matchups might be good, but who cares? You're not going to win at all. And it's best out of seven. Oh, just drags out. You want to make this an event like the NCAA tournament. Make a, make make the series best out of three. Oh, now you lose the first game in a best out of three. Now we're talking. Now there's excitement. The NBA will never do that because it's all about money. The NBA will never lessen its schedule to 60 games because it's all about money. They would never do what's best for the game if it meant less money in their pockets. The NBA is, is entertainment. It's like going to a movie. You are there to be entertained. Nobody cares. The players don't really care about winning or losing. That's not for everybody. Westbrook cares. You know, some people care. But, you know, in the big picture, who cares? The players don't care. The owners don't care. They're tanking. Everybody's trying to lose on purpose. It doesn't matter. How bad is the NBA? Well, the San Antonio Spurs can lose, you know, the arguably a top five player and still be a top four or five seed. Who cares? The NBA, if you watch a college game, then you watch an NBA game. It's just a bore fest. That's why the tournament is so much fun. It's win or go home. It's constant game sevens everywhere. These what seven games of game sevens and anybody can beat anybody on any given night if the NBA had a tournament like that yeah the Warriors can get beat at any moment they can have one bad game one bad injury one bad call one bad foul and everything changes but game one who cares the series doesn't start until a visiting team wins anyways and if you if the Warriors played and lost game one, who cares? So they'll win it in five instead of four. Whoop-de-doo. But the NBA's just got so many flaws. But the major flaw the NBA has, it's just all about money. The game, it's not about development. It's not about the fans. It's about making money. Let's, let's, let's just keep it like it is. And the... The playoffs are, are – it's over. Only series worth watching will be Houston and Golden State. That's it. And Golden State will win that. Everyone's talking about Golden State has a chance. I mean, uh, that Houston has a chance. They don't. Golden State wins in six at most. And then they'll move on to play the East champion. They'll win that in five, if not four. One other thing in sports I'd like to talk about is uh, Serena Williams coming back from her uh, pregnancy. 
and she's going to be in the French Open, and she's favored to win. I, I would find that very hard to believe. By the way, I consider Serena Williams a freak, much in the same way I, commit, I, I consider LeBron and Shaq, and she's just a physical specimen. It's unbelievable. But I think she's probably still 10 pounds overweight after giving birth. She's out of shape. There's no way she wins the French Open. This is just my opinion. There's just no way. If she wins the French Open, then everybody just better bow down. It means one of two things. It means that the women's tennis in general is weak, is hideously weak. Or it means that she is a, the biggest freak of nature in the history of sports. If she ends up winning the French Open, then she is a bigger freak athletically than LeBron. I will be the most impressed. I do not expect her to get to the semifinals. She's ready yet. I mean, I think she's been off too long. She's too out of shape. I, if she does, I mean, I'm just going to bow down more than I already do. I mean, I think the way you beat Serena anyways is to make her move because she's so strong and athletic. If you can tire her out, you can beat her, but I, I, I know she's the favorite. I think at nine to two odds, there is just no way. No way. Again, my opinion. But the big talk, you know, there's a lot of football things going on. I don't know what the Rams are doing. They're collecting a bunch of misfits. I don't know what they're doing. They're trading their best defensive players, bringing in some shady guys to leave. I don't, I don't know what's going on in the NFL. In the NFL, no one's going to know what's going on until the 14th, I think, is when free agency begins. So in the NFL, we'll just wait until after the 14th, and we'll figure things out then. But going back to my to my initial talk, and, and that, that pretty much touches all sports. I don't think there's anything else to talk about when it comes to sports. For this week, other than ESPN – you know, doesn't seem to get their act together sometimes. Not a big ESPN fan because I just think they're lazy. Fans care about. And there's this some other things about ESPN. The, the SVP, whatever that guy, Scott Van Pelt, that ESPN show, that, that show he does is just a disaster. I can barely watch it. The only thing that's worth watching is the bad beats when he talks about, you know, point spreads and things like that. But his commentary, he's constantly – Talking, I, I, I don't care. Just give me the highlights. And then that one gal got got fired. Thank God, from that six o'clock show. And the guy who's still on is a disaster. Get him off. Carrie Champion, move her up. She's got a little personality. She acts like an athlete. She's got a lot of energy. She's not giving you her, her opinions every two minutes, although she's at a time slot where opinions are what they're supposed to do. But get rid of some of these anchors. They, it is a disaster. With the constant jokes, and it is not funny. But we were, you know, we had a topic of discussion this week, and it, and it came with uh, about, about what it takes to get to the next level to achieve athletic success. And to me it, it it's it's not as easy as it sounds, but it starts and ends with your passion. 
it starts and ends with how bad you want it. If you want to be a great anything, basketball player, dentist, doctor, whatever, whatever it is you want to be great at, you have to be passionate about it. You have to live and die for that. Let's just take basketball, for example. If you want to be a great basketball player, you want to be a guy in the NBA, and you're not a freak, you're not Joel Embiid, you're not seven feet tall, you're not 6'10", you know, you're a guy that's of average size, 6'4". Yesterday I'm looking at a bunch of 5'7", 6'2", 6'4", guys that are playing at Miami and, and Boston College, and they're 6'2", six 6'1". Foot six foot How did those guys make it? You know, there's a really good player named Robinson at Boston College. I think he's a very good player. And he's not even projected to be in the top 60 of the NBA draft. And he's first team all ACC. I mean, are you kidding me? First team all ACC? He's not projected to be in the first 60 draft picks? I think he is a really good player. So what what what? How did this guy become on a on an average to below average team in a major conference, under recruited? How did he become the a first team All ACC player? How's that possible? And there's a lot of those guys. There's a lot of six one six two. What what? Why did they make it? And all the other hundreds of thousands of six foot two guys didn't. Is he an exceptional athlete? No, he's a good athlete. But he's six one, six two. I don't, I don't know his exact height and weight. But I believe his name is Robinson. But there's a lot of those guys. What what makes them player they are? Well, they're going to have to pick. They're going to have to have a little bit more than the rest. They're going to have to do something different. I mean, they can't just go out there and work out every other day and, and think that that's going to get it done. Well, thank you. Yeah, he's, he's – I think Jerome Robinson is a little bit bigger. Kai Bowman is a kid I'm thinking about at at Boston College. He's six one. Robinson is six five. There's a lot of these guys that are, are of smaller stature. They had another kid at five ten. I like Bowman a lot too. He had a really good game. So what what makes these guys is a you know what makes these guys capable of becoming high major college players. I and I, I believe it's their passion. If you want to be a basketball player, you have to live and die basketball. It has to be the last thing on your mind when you go to bed, the first thing on your mind when you wake up. You have six hours available to you with nothing on your, nothing on your plate. You're going to go get some shots up. You're going to work out. Steph Curry, how does he become the greatest shooter in maybe NBA history at six foot three? He's a he's below average size and weight, below average athletic ability. How does he become that good to where he's become a, a multiple champion? 
What is it? What What is it that differentiates him from others? And no matter what field you pick, it's about your passion. You have six hours free. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go watch a movie. I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to eat. I'm going to lay around. I'm going to play video games. I'm going to talk on the phone. I'm going to go to the mall. I'm going to shop. I'm, I mean, what are you going to do? Versus that, if that's what you do, if you're going to go to the movies, if you're going to watch TV, if you're going to eat, if you're going to watch a movie at home, if you're going to oversleep, take a nap, play video games, then, then you have no chance. And I'm talking again about the non-freaks, the non-seven-footers. The other guy who has six hours available decides he's going to get to a park and get some shots up. He's going to go to a, a basement and work on his ball handling. He's going to watch games on TV. He's going to study. He's going to get better. He's going to get stronger, faster. He's going to do push-ups and sit-ups and shot form and, and just work. Defensive stance, sitting it for 20 minutes. He's, he's going he's gonna to find a way. What are you going to do? You have Duke and North Carolina playing in a game, and your friends want to watch a movie. They want to watch The Wedding Singer. And you know that game is on. Are you going to say, well, I'll watch the movie, and then I'll tape the game, and I'll watch the game later? Or is, is your mindset, I have to watch this game. This is the game of the year. This is the number one rivalry in all of maybe all of sports. Duke, North Carolina, I'm not going to watch some dumb movie. I can watch that movie anytime. Yeah, but all the buddies, all of our friends are getting together to watch that movie. I, I don't care. Great. Watch your movie. I'm watching this game. I can't. I wouldn't be able to even focus on that game knowing that that, I mean, focus on that movie knowing that that game is on. I'll be getting text alerts, ESPN alerts. I'm not going to watch that game in, in, in 12 hours later, 14 hours later. I'll watch that movie some other time. I, I really don't care about the movie. If if you uh, if you don't have a basketball, let's say you have you're 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 a kid and you have, your parents got divorced and you have a mother and a father, and at your dad's house there's no basketball, but at your mom's house there is. You're not you're not you don't care about basketball. Passion is something you cannot fake. There's a lot of players in the NBA that are only playing because they're big. Like there's some six tens and seven footers that really aren't passionate about basketball, but because they're so big and athletically gifted that they just, they can just survive in the NBA and make enough money because they're just gifted. They can, but if you ask them privately, they'd probably be like, I, I really don't like basketball that much, but I'm seven foot tall and it, uh, it's better than doing anything else. But if you're six, four and below, what, what, what separates you? I was watching uh, Notre Dame when they beat somebody, Virginia Tech, I think, and they interviewed Colson. He said, it's our passion. It's, it's my passion. It's what we do. I just love basketball. I love it. It's my passion. I mean, those are the things that, that separate you in life, that you are so passionate about it that it's all you think about. I've got six hours free. I'm going to go find a way to get better in this sport. If you take a day off, you're not you, you don't love the game. I could take a day off. Taking a day off to me would mean not working out, not playing, and then not watching. There's no way. The only way I take a day off is if I'm physically incapable. Like my parents when I was younger would go to, you know, Yosemite and go camping. 
Well, I took a ball and worked on my game. If I was on a plane for 18 hours flying to Australia, I'm watching games. I, I record them on my, on my iPad and I watch them, even if it's games I've already seen. It, it, and it's not work for me. It's what I love to do. It's what I love. It's not, just, it's not work at all. That's what I said about being successful. To be successful in life, you do what you love and you love what you do. If you have a passion in life, regardless of what that is, let's say your passion is food. Well, be a chef. Be a commentator on the Food Network. Um, open up a restaurant. Live and die food. Read books on food. Study the great chefs. Go online, look them up, read their books, read their stories. Go to school, practice your art. Passion is writing. Write a book. Go to school to learn how to write a book. Meet with people. Go to seminars. If your passion is construction, study it. Be an architect. Do, do what you love and love what you do. If, if you hate your job, then you're not a successful person, period, to me. I don't care if you're making $18 million a year. If you don't love what you do, then you're wasting your time. You have to love what you do. I love what I do. I'm not the richest guy in the world. I live very comfortably. If I want something, I can buy it. I can afford it. I'm not in debt. I can figure things out. I love what I do. I do what I love. I, if I don't want to do something, I won't do it. Now, there's a lot of people in this world that are, are put in situations where they can't make those decisions because you have a family of three and you got to put food on the table. Yeah, you can't just say, I quit my job. I'm going to do something I love. I love to work out, so I'm going to try to find a way. You can't do that. Come on now. Let's not be idiots. But you could have done something in your younger years to get that job that you really wanted, and you went for it when you were younger and didn't have all those responsibilities. Hey, I love to work out. I'm a physical person. I just love working out, running, getting in shape. Then be a personal trainer. Open up your own gym. Become a trainer to the stars, so to speak. You love what you do, you do what you love. That's it. And that would mean that you're following your passion. A lot of kids today don't have a passion. You'll say to them, hey, you know, what's your passion? They don't know. Because they sleep all day and they don't work hard. They just kind of get through the day. Well, then when you go to college, that's what you're supposed to do. College is supposed to be where you do find your passion. But I, I, I find that hard to believe that, that there's a person in the world, if I went to them and said, if you could do anything, what would you do? Well, I would be a singer. I would be a, a movie star. I would be a fireman, a policeman. I mean, okay, well, why didn't you work on that when you were younger? Well, it, it took too much work. They'll, they'll always give you an excuse. I was, you know, I listened to Howard Stern. I heard uh, Jennifer Lawrence was one of the guests. And she said she wanted to be an actress. And apparently, if I got this straight, she just flew from wherever she lived and flew to New York or L.A., one of those spots, and lived in a rundown apartment and found an agent and tried to get put into different situations, went to a lot of casting calls, did commercials, did B-rated movies, did a lot of bad movies, and just kept grinding it out until eventually she got a break. Now, maybe you could say she was blessed with looks, but when they put her in a movie, if she was a bad actress, she wouldn't have continued to get roles. My point is, she had no training, didn't go to acting school, didn't go to college, 
She just went for her dream and look where she ended up. Now, that's not going to be the case for everybody, but she moved and went for it. And, had, and her parents were like, you know what? You're talking about this for five years. You've been talking about this. Go do it. And then they assumed she was going to fail and then come back and then go back to school. Well, look what happened. If you, if you read her story, you'll be amazed at kind of the way it is. Like, wow, she just went for it. If you want to succeed in anything that you're doing in life, you have to have a passion for it. And there's going to be bumps in the road. Are you going to be able to adapt and overcome those challenges? Are you going to be able to fall down and get back up? But if you absolutely love something, you should go after it. You cannot fake it. Like I know basketball players that they want to play in college, but not really. Not really. They're the guy that's going to watch a movie or take days off or procrastinate. Yeah, I'll work out tomorrow. I'll work out next week. I'll work out tonight. I think that kid doesn't have it. Let's be real. You know how many thousands of kids out there are, are, are working hard and you're taking days off? And then, you know, the kid's like, and then the kid just says, you know, well, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become more passionate. You can't do it, man. Come on. I equate it to, to, to loving someone. Either you love them or you don't. Either you find her attractive or you don't. Either you love her or you don't. You can't fake it. You know, gosh, I really hate her. She's just so annoying and so unattractive. I just, I can't stand looking at her. I don't want to spend any free time with her. I, but maybe I can learn to love her. Well, there's a lot of loveless marriages out there. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of relationships where people don't love the other, other person. Maybe that's for the kids, whatever the reason may be. But you can't just not if you are annoyed by somebody and they really just get under your skin you can't stand being around them you you can't just all of a sudden okay i i just have to learn to love her i have to learn to be attracted to her no it, it doesn't work that way people always tell you that you can't control who you love you just love somebody there's no right rhyme or reason to it you fall in love it, it's it's there's no formula for it and the same goes in life same goes with sports I love sports. I don't love basketball. I love sports. I'm passionate about it. It's my whole life. I surround myself with it. Pictures and decorations. I don't need any artsy parts. I don't need this great. You could give me a Picasso tomorrow. I'd say, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I find that painting very boring. It does nothing for me. Take the Picasso, get it out of here, and bring one of those other. Give me, give me a, a, a nice painting of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Magic and Larry. Give me, give me something like that. I mean, that's what I would love. And they'll be like, well, it's not worth the same. Well, what do I care? You're worth a lot of money. What's that one guy's name with all the sports paintings? Leroy Neiman? Is that his name? Doesn't he have a bunch of those, like, different... Like I think he has, like, an American sport museum. Give me a Leroy Neiman of Magic and Larry. That's worth one trillionth of what a Picasso is. I, I really don't care about that Picasso painting. It does nothing for me. It's like if I don't find Jennifer Lawrence to be attractive, why would I want to live with her? Is, am I that superficial? Really? 
I don't care about stupid paintings that mean nothing to me. They're just a bore. Oh, that really looks nice. A bunch of circles. It really does nothing for me. Give me a nice Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or, or a Michael Jordan kind of painting. Give me a great painting of a basketball court. I don't care about the cost or the value. What do I enjoy looking at? I enjoy looking at sports. I've got Magic and Larry. I got a ton of bobbleheads. I got Dodger stuff, Ben Scully, John Wooden. I got pictures of my dogs. I got pictures of the wife everywhere. I want to see, I, I want to wake up and walk around in the house that I'm surrounded by things that make me feel good and, and, and resemble my passion. What do I care about a stupid painting of a circle? Passionate. Looking at that painting of a bunch of circles really brings me a feeling of passion and and, and uh, intensity. Come on, man. Maybe for you it does. Great. That's good for you. For me it doesn't. I like quotes. I like motivational quotes. I like wearing relaxed Jordan type of apparel. I don't care about wearing a suit and tie. I do what I want. I love what I do. In the discussion, get for someone. You want to be a great athlete, you can't fake it. It has to be what you do. It is all you do. When I was a kid, I remember waking up at 6, being outdoors at 7. I grew up in California. Go outdoors at 7, come back at about 6, watch games, watch the Dodgers, watch the Lakers, watch UCLA basketball, go to bed at about 10 and do it again. On my way to school, I'd get a newspaper, look at the stats. I'm talking about when I was 12 years old. We didn't have internet and all that. I'd, I'd get in the L.A. Times, take it to school, look at the stats from the previous night's baseball games, look at the NBA stats, look at the percentages, look at the field goal percentages. I'd be looking at that. I'd be reading every score because you didn't have ESPN. And that was in the library before school. And then during school, I'd be talking to buddies about sports. I'd have a ball in my hand. I'd play ball at recess, play ball at lunch. Go to practice, work out, come home, play more games, study. I remember when I was a kid, I used to pretend like I was announcing the games. I would watch a Dodger game on TV, and my buddies and I would be there with the, with the recorder, and we would just announce the games. I knew when I was 9, 10, 11 years old, I was going to be something. I was going to be a pro athlete. I was going to be an announcer like Vince Scully. I was going to be a coach. I was going to be a general manager. I was going to be something involved in sports, something, a reporter. That was all I cared about as a kid, and that is all I have done my entire life. I have never done anything other than sports. Even when I was a school teacher, I was, I was not a school teacher. I was a coach that taught. And I taught my classroom like a, like a basketball team. So whatever it is you want to do in life, if you don't have passion for it, if you don't think about it 24-7, you're not going to make it unless you're a freak. If it, it, here's a test. If a, if a teacher gives you, and you're a young kid, and a teacher gives you an assignment and says, hey, um, here's your assignment. You're going to develop your own website, and you're going to be the CEO of a fictional, uh, fictitious uh, company. You're going to make up a company, pretend like you're the owner of that company, and you're going to make your own website for that company. You could choose any company you want, any company that's legal. And you decide that you're going to make a website on animals and 
saving animals and being a veterinarian because you love pets and you love healing them and you love your dogs and everything in your life is about those dogs. And you're, you're going to make a website about dogs, whatever their thing would be. And it's called Puppy Time, and you're going to make this website about dogs. Well, guess what? That's your passion. If you could do anything you wanted as a student and you decided to make that website about dogs, then you love dogs more than anything else. It's fun. You enjoy it. Making the website is going to be fun. You're not going to pick a, a, a fake company of a profession you hate. Oh, I'm going to make a fake company for janitors. You're going to make a company, a fake company, because you're a kid. You're going to make this website. You want to have fun with it. It's going to be enjoyable. You're going to make that website about something you love. It just makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. Well, you know what? I'm going to make a website about something I really hate. Oh, okay. That, that seems intelligent. Yeah, I'm going to dread doing this website because I hate the topic. I hate my company, but I just got to do it. That's just stupid. So if a teacher gave you that assignment, what would you make your website about? Would you make it about sports? Even if something like t basketball shoes, or you're going to make your own brand, Taylor shoes instead of Jordan brand. You know, whatever it is, if it's something, it, it should be something you're passionate about. If you're passionate about shoes, then guess what? If, if all your life is about basketball shoes, you just love basketball shoes. There's a million of them downtown in New York City. Go, go open up a shoe shop. Go out, collect shoes, and sell them and resell them and develop them and do what you got to do. Go buy a footlocker. Do something that you absolutely love. No one has a right to tell you what you love. Hey, I love shoes. Okay, well, what can you do about that? Hey, I love uh, shopping. That's the only thing I really love doing. Okay, how can you make money on that? Maybe you have a YouTube channel that teaches people how to shop. Or talks about shopping or talks about, you know, things you went to go buy. Maybe you, you turn that into some kind of business. Maybe find a way. Be a personal shopper for someone. I don't know. Figure it out. If you love it, I can't tell you what to love. If you love it, find a way to make a living on it. So that when you wake up in the morning, you can't wait to get to work. Because you love what you do. And if you want to be a basketball player, you want to be an athlete, if you are not thinking basketball all the time, then you're, you're not going to be a player that gets to the next level. If you're more consumed with having a girlfriend, if you're more consumed with sleeping and watching movies and going to the mall and eating and sleeping in and playing video games, you don't have what it takes, man. Just face it. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with your parents so they can save money. But if you're passionate about it, regardless of your talent level, you'll find something to do in that field. Hey, what do you want to do? If you, you know, what do, you, do you want to go to college? Yeah, I want to go to college, and I'm going to study to be a sports writer, or I'm going to study to be a, a sports psychologist, or I'm going to study to be a physical therapist. I'm going to study to be a sports doctor. I'm going to study to be sports something. Well, there you go. Or, nah, I just kind of want to, I don't want to go to college. You know, if I don't play basketball, I'll just, you know, go to a trade school. Well, there you go. Whatever that trade school is, I'm hoping it's something you're passionate about. People make excuses. People like to say, I love this, I love that. I've met it in players. I've met it in coaches. Everyone will say, I love doing this, but do they really put the time in? Or do they just put the time in when it's convenient for them? 
Are they like like last night? We went to watch four games. I don't need to be with anybody. She doesn't need to be with me. I don't need to be with her in the gym. We don't need to sit together. We we could just sit there and watch the games. We're there watching the games, and we enjoy each other's company. It's not like, well, I really hate being here, but I'm I'm with her. I just want to be with her. If I went to a museum, that was something she loved, then I would go. And I would only be there because of her because I absolutely hate museums, and it does nothing for me unless it's a sports museum or Hall of Fame. I don't want to be there. But I'm there for her. That's different. If I'm, if she was at the games because I was there and she was, but she loves the games. I love the games. We don't need to be there for any other reason. If we were by ourselves, we'd be at the game. I have seven hours available. What am I going to do? Well, let me see. Let me think about this. Maybe I'll go play some games. Maybe I'll go sleep. Maybe I'll shop. Maybe I'll go eat. No, I'm going to watch games on TV that I recorded. I'm going to study. I'm going to get better. I'm going to go to a gym. I'm going to go to a workout facility. I'm going to dribble the ball. I'm going to put some music on and dance with that ball. There's a million things I would do that are going to be beneficial towards that career. I'm an old man now. I still watch games left and right. I don't miss games of any sport. I watch tennis. I watch basketball, football. I'm even starting to watch soccer. I'm watching games all day long. Football season's over. Boom. Go to the next sport, basketball. That's going to be over. Boom. Go to baseball. I don't watch basketball. I watch hockey. I, I'm, I'm just, I watch sports shows. I watch PTI. I listen to sports on, on the radio. I watch Colin Cowherd. I listen to him. I'll even watch Stephen A. Smith on occasion. I'll watch, I'll watch any sports talk show if it's on, if there's nothing else on. I might watch a movie. There'll be a game on the other TV. I love it. Love it when I'm watching games. That's why living on the East Coast sucks. Because games like the Duke Carolina game tonight is going to be on at 9 o'clock, if not 9.30, over at midnight. If I lived in California, it'd be over at 9 p.m. I could still get a bite to eat and do my homework if I was a student. Not in the East Coast. East Coast sucks. I would never want to raise a kid in the East Coast because you just can't watch enough games. You got to record them all. You got to watch them the next day. It's just not enough time. Living on the on the West Coast, Super Bowl starts at 5 p.m. Over by eight. West Coast teams go play in the East. They start at 4:30. Over at 7:30 or eight. But in life, if you're not passionate about what you do, then you lose. If you want to be a great athlete, as a, as a parent, I would just observe my child. I would sit back and watch him or her and not say anything. Don't remind them. Don't try to coach them. Don't tell them what to do. Just watch them. When they have a weekend off, they sleep in, they wake up, they eat, they watch TV, they lay around, they watch a movie, they play cards, they goof off. Then you know as a parent that this kid doesn't really love sports. Why am I forking out fifteen grand a year for him in these various AAU programs and camps and fees and shoes. Why am I why am I giving up all this time driving him around everywhere? He doesn't love the sport. I watch him. He loves video games. Well, guess what? You can make money. Go develop a video game. Go be a professional gamer. There's a lot of ways to make money if you're live and die video games. Observe your child. See what they do on their free time. If they don't do anything sports related, then they're not passionate about it. 
see what they do. Give, support your child's passion. Don't force them into a field that they don't love. It's not rocket science. Maybe they want to build rockets. There you go. Maybe they want to be in the military. There you go. Do, do, let them do what they love. Teach your child now. I don't care what you love, son or daughter. I don't care what you love as long as you love. I don't care who you love as long as you love and they love you. Whatever you love in life, go after it. Find a way to make it work. You love kids, find a way to make that work. Be a teacher. You love helping the needy, find a way to be someone that's involved at the highest levels of the Special Olympics or whatever charities or whatever foundations. Do what you love and quit making excuses as to why you can't do it. The reason why you didn't do what you loved at an earlier age is probably because you had parents that didn't tell you this. Whatever you love, go after it with 100% effort and intensity. And when you fall and when it gets tough, don't quit. Get after it. Find another way. Climb that wall and get over it. Don't go back and say, oh, there's a big wall. I, I, I can't do this. I'm going back home. But when you observe your child, and they don't want to watch games, and they don't want to play games, and they don't want to work out, then, then don't make them. And also say, listen, I, I love you to death, but I'm not going to fork out 13 grand for you to do something you're not passionate about. What are you passionate about? Well, I love food. I love eating food. I love looking at food. I love – I watch a lot of chef shows on TV. I watch a lot of, you know, those, those cooking shows on TV, those chef shows where you're getting yelled at. I think those are awesome. Okay, guess what? I'm gonna, instead of spending that money for you to go to a basketball camp, I'm going to send you to some kind of chef thing. I'll send you to a, a cooking school. So, again, you want to be something in life. You want to enjoy your life. You want to you succeed. You want to win. You want to win in life. then you need to do what you love and love what you do. Simple. Simple. Being allowed to do such. The difficult part is getting up when you fall. The difficult part is not letting someone dictate to you what you should love, you doing what you want to do without anybody directing you there. And then you'll see how great your life will be. Then you'll succeed. So that's my, that's my podcast for this week. I'm sure we'll have different topics as the days go on. Hopefully I didn't bore you too much. You want to follow me on Twitter, at Coach Dave Taylor. You want to follow that's Instagram, that's Facebook. I think everything is Coach Dave Taylor. No spaces, no underscores, nothing. Just real simple. Coach Dave Taylor. I told you my email, CoachDaveTaylor at Yahoo.com. I have a website, CoachDaveTaylor.com. You can follow the theme there. It's all pretty simple. I want to remind everybody, don't drink and drive. Try to make a difference in someone's life. Try to be somewhat impactful. Make a difference in someone's life. We'll talk again next week. We'll have the NCAA tournament field announced on Sunday. I'll probably do a podcast before Thursday. Maybe not. Let you know who I like and don't like, but what do I know? 
this year's field. This is going to be tough. It's all about matchups. So we'll talk again next week. If you have any questions, shoot me an email. All right, everybody, I appreciate your time. Be safe. Do the right thing. Make a difference. We'll talk next week.